Welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Film Junkies with Griffin Trey. I'm Griffin Schroeder, as always. And I'm Trey Soboleski. So if you had just started listening to our first episode, um, obviously I said that was going to be a shorter version. This is going to be one of our actual episodes where we are going to review our first movie on the podcast, which is exciting. Um, we decided to do our first and second episodes about Trey and I's favorite movies, mine being Toy Story 3 and Trey's being Miracle. Um, so this episode will be about Toy Story 3. Um, Trey, we I know we both recently watched those movies again. I've, yes. I mean, I've seen Toy Story 3 countless times well i've also seen it you know a handful of times myself uh you know i grew up on the toy story franchise i mean the first one came out in 1995 right yeah correct there um which is the year that both of us were born correct uh, so we literally grew up with this stuff um i do remember uh seeing toy story 3 in theaters mm-hmm. when it came out because i was so excited i had forgotten though how amazing those movies are right Um, i just watched it today prior to doing this podcast and it's just it's a it's a great film i'm really happy that you brought it up and you know forced me to watch it (laughs) because it is just it's great right yeah it's i mean you mentioned seeing it in the theaters and um i was thinking about it when you know writing down some notes about this this episode of the podcast and watching toy story 3 again and i you know i think of all the movies i've ever seen i think i can say with almost 100 percent certainty that Toy Story 3 is the one movie that I was the most excited to see in theaters. Is that true? Yeah, I really? I just think I grew up with Toy Story 1, uh, Toy Story 2, watching those on VHS on repeat. My mom has, has told me uh, that when I was younger, I would have her put on Toy Story 1, and then as soon as it was over, I would just say again and have her start it over and watch it. I actually had my VHS copies, and, and they didn't play anymore, maybe due to the fact that I had watched them so much. But no, I mean, I this film is is incredible. It's, it's I hope, not hard for people to understand why it's my favorite film. I mean... It was the winner of the 2011 Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Animated Film of the Year. Which is uh, completely justified. It is worth every penny. One thing that I thought was amazing, too, though, that I was looking up when I was looking on IMDb at some of the specs about this movie, it was actually nominated for Best Animated and Best Picture. Like, it was both of those nominations which is something like normally which i mean i can't think of any others off the top of my head that would be yeah and so that's i mean to get nominated for two best picture nominations or awards is something obviously incredible and then on the topic of of awards there uh randy newman who composed the soundtracks to all three toy stories actually got his first oscar for songwriting with the song we belong together which is in toy story three he got nominated for you've got a friend in me for toy story one of course right yeah um but yeah no they also got nominated for best achievement in sound editing best writing and like i said those were i think well-deserved nominations there i i find it hard to find bad things to say about this movie but you know i guess getting into it a little bit here um i really like it because the fact that this movie we grew up with the character the main character andy he is also growing up and i mean at the time he's pretty much step for step where we are i mean this movie came out in 2010 right 2010 we were uh both juniors in high school yep so the fact that Andy is moving away to college is very close to where we were in our lives at that point. Yep. Um, so that's why this is so relatable and something that... Something that we were waiting for to come out. Absolutely, and, we were waiting. Right. We didn't even know if it was going to happen for the longest right. time. And that's one thing we were talking about, I said, was... 
that Pixar has kind of started this wave of creating, you know, a new addition to old franchises with Toy Story 3 being the first one where, like you said, Andy, the main character is going to college right around the same time that we were going to college, being that the first one came out when we were kids. And then we had Monsters University come out, which was right around the time that I know Monsters, Inc. came out in 98. That's when my little brother Keaton was born. Shout out to Keaton. Um, And that that is one of his favorite animated movies and then when he was going to college monsters university came out which was obviously a planned thing and then we kind of had the same thing there with finding nemo and finding dory um where we kind of had the later in life development there with dory you know having her own story but it was kind of nemo growing up in there as well but um you know back to that i i just think that the magic of these films is that pixar was able to capture the feeling of being a kid and playing with all your favorite toys and kind of using your imagination to create what seems like real life situations to you and then creating those connections with those toys and the characters on screen um for me the toy story franchise kind of caused you to reminisce and feel like you're a kid again which is something i've always felt people are afraid to do you know using your imagination is something that's so important and it's films like these that make you want to i think that people are kind of try to force themselves into growing up and lose this side of it absolutely and i mean that's that's a major player in this movie Mm -hmm. you're looking at toys that are neglected for the most part and mm-hmm. um it may i mean it makes you yeah. feel bad about it like it draws you back it's like okay i remember that time when like i kind of moved away from wanting to play with toys anymore but you kind of wonder watching these kinds of movies if i moved away from that suddenly or like too soon because i thought it was the right thing to do where you watch these movies and you see that you love these characters on screen and being in college, you can watch a movie like Toy Story 3 and it immediately takes you back to being a kid and, and having those experiences. Well, you hit on a note there that I uh, I wanted to get to eventually. Uh, it was a little bit sad. Mm-hmm. This whole movie is based in a sad element. This isn't the lightest of the Toy Story movies by any means. Right. It's definitely the darkest and the saddest. Not to say that it's not a children's film you can't you can still take kids of any age to this but it is sad right um it is darker um the fact that andy's growing up and neglecting these toys and forcing them you know out of the house to take on different roles um is rooted in a deep sadness for these toys that are just trying to get played with yep yeah, and it kind of moves on from that the first two movies um you know being more towards Andy being younger and and you know they really want to get back to Andy and and play with them play with him because he's their owner. Toy Story 3 kind of we see a switch in the mood that these characters have where it's like okay maybe we are going to move on. You know, he's going to go to college and maybe this is our chance of getting played with, you know, going to the daycare, but with that being said, you know, Toy Story 3 was like you said it was released 11 years after Toy Story 2, 15 or so, you know, after Toy Story 1 and then it picks up in and I think spectacular fashion. The opening scene takes you back to the original film. Um it recreates you see the opening scene is actually the uh iconic uh, cloud wallpaper that uh Andy has in his bedroom in in Toy Story 1. And uh if I'm correct, so is the closing scene. I believe you are correct. Yes. Yeah. Down the down the the street there. Yeah. So it's all tied in together. It is tied in together. As well as, you know, at the beginning there they show the kind of dramatic version of the toys playing where it's you're actually put into the scenario of them. You know, Woody has to go and try and save the the train full of the uh 
um, dolls that are on it from falling off the the broken bridge there. And uh, then we cut to um, home video of Andy actually playing with the toys like that. And so I just thought it was a brilliant way to open a film to actually show you inside what Andy's imagination thinks it looks like when he's playing with those toys that way. Um, And then on top of that, you have you've got a friend of me playing in the background, which obviously is the best way to tie in, you know, Toy Story one to that that Toy Story three film. Yeah, and I, I, I guess the next part of it that moves you a little bit further uh, towards starting the plot is the passage of time, and that's where you start to realize that this isn't going to be the happy film that the other two were. Well, the other two weren't happy, but yeah, you know that this is going to have a little bit different. Of right, you realize you're going to probably um, lose something in this movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, they lose friends throughout. There are people that are missing, uh, toys that are missing, but you see this passage of time and you realize that this is different. Right. It's the same, but it's different. Mm -hmm. And that's what really draws me in is that like, I'm an adult. At least I pretend to be one. (laughs) We try. I I pay my bills sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, I'm an adult. I don't want to be watching a children's movie. This doesn't have a children's movie feel to it. Right. Right. This is like, I remember when it was coming out, it was all over Twitter and whatnot, people (laughs) tweeting, you know, everyone thinks that kids are going to be the ones rushing to go see Toy Story 3, but this this movie is for us. This is for for the people who were our age going into college and getting to tie back into that those movies we fell in love with as a kid. And like you said, that's how it kind of opens is you see he's going to college and, and his mom is helping him pack, requests that he makes a few piles for donation throwing things away donating to the local daycare which is sunnyside where we see a lot of the movie take place but um then we see that mix up where the characters almost get thrown away and fun fact the uh, garbage man that you see there is actually sid, sid from, from toy story one grown up you can tell by his shirt you can <laughs> doesn't do much laundry i guess that guy uh, neither do i griffin neither do i that's fair <laughs> but yeah no then they they end up being no- donated to sunnyside daycare and then meeting you know, an assortment of new friends or who they think are going to be friends. But the the movie does play out really well, and, and you see that nostalgia of having almost the entire previous cast uh, returning. You've got Tom Hanks. Almost. almost there, are, there are some toys that are missing, like, yep. like a Bo Peep character mm-hmm. or... Uh, I mean, Etch, this, the Etch of Sketch yeah, was mean, out, well, but like some kind of... He didn't Bo Peep say was a kinda, whole lot. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Bo Peep was kind of the most noticeable because that was when we saw Woody have a kind of like love interest there. Yeah, well, then Jesse kind of moved into that in Toy Story 2. We thought, and then kind it was of. Buzz type thing. Yeah, eh, that was... Well, whatever, there was just another... Right. But yeah, like like we said, I mean, you've got Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and Woody and Buzz Lightyear roles. And then also we've talked about, I'm currently watching Cheers, and I didn't realize that John Ratzenberger, who plays Cliff, actually voices a long list of characters in the Pixar universe, inc- including Ham in the Toy Story franchise. Ham. Ham, yeah. The, the, the piggy bank yeah, Ham. Quite the charm, aren't you? Yeah, that is, that that's pre- my that guy. pretty good I, I try, man, but... But yeah, no, then we've got an impressive list of new characters uh, in Toy Story 3. You've got Ned Beatty as Lotso, Michael Keaton as Ken, Jodie Benson as Barbie, who also voices Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Um, we've got Kristen Shaw as Trixie, Jeff Garland as Buttercup, and then Bonnie Hunt as Dolly, just to name a few of those, um, which that's is a, awesome. That's a star-studded lineup yeah. in itself right there. I mean, granted, you don't notice all of those names, or um, you don't pick up on that immediately, but uh, right. those are all noticeable 
names. Mm-hmm. And I think it plays into like you realize how big and how much of an impact these the first two movies had that Absolutely. you can get that many big names Absolutely. on an animated movie nonetheless. Whereas yeah. if you weren't someone who watches as many movies like us that we could kind of pick up on those voices that you might not even realize that those actors or actresses were even in that film. But yeah, like like I said, as the the movie continues to go, we see the toys become separated from Andy. Um, and then they fall into their first conflict we're there gonna, as they gonna, have uh, that spoilers. Here, <laughs> we, uh... You know, I think given that we're eight, nine years away from that movie being out, I hope if you, if you haven't watched Toy Story three, just stop listening to this and watch it right now. Yeah, I mean, I I guess there's no better uh, endorsement yeah. than that. We can't say five stars. I mean, we can. But yeah, we can. If you're listening now and you haven't seen it, stop and watch it go watch yeah. it it's it's pretty much that simple yeah so now we're gonna spoil everything for you right <laughs> well, like i said once you know they they got that warm welcome tour from the toys at the daycare and then the gang kind of seems to be on board for staying around and then they feel that andy was like we said earlier ready to kind of part ways and this is their chance at kind of a new beginning but woody as always is extremely loyal to andy and decides he wants to find his way back home and kind of parts ways with them um, and then he kind of goes off on his own journey and uh, the other toys start to find out that maybe this daycare isn't as great as they thought it was. And they experience their first playtime session where they're greeted by kind of a bunch of obnoxious, destructive kids who those are my are... friends, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. My friends from college. They weren't actually <laughs> kindergartners. <laughs> Uh, fun fact about that group of kids that stampedes uh, in during that first playtime. If you pause it, this is this is, will show all who are listening how many times I've seen this movie and gone frame by frame. One of the kids that runs into the uh, play area is wearing a Lightning McQueen shirt uh, from Cars. So a little like Easter hey, egg hidden thing. You need to get a life. <laughs> like I said. Sorry I, to break it to you. It's so, unfortunate that I don't know how many times I've seen Toy Story. That is cool. That and, and that's one of those things from Pixar that I've always really enjoyed. Yeah. Is that they tie all of the Pixar films in just with a these little tiny bit. Yep. Easter eggs. They've got the tiny. the uh, Pixar bouncing ball is in every Pixar movie. The Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story 1 is in almost all of them, yeah. Um, and it's in Toy Story 3 when Lotso is having the flashback of when he got abandoned um, and he they hit a, they're trying to find their way back and they hit a bump and fall off. That's the Pizza Planet truck. Which is just, it's just cool to uh, it serves no real purpose just to tie it just all to in. Put just to put it in there. Yeah. Give us fans something else to uh, talk about in podcasts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one thing we talked about too. Then, uh, actually, Andy's mom's minivan, the license plate is A113. Um, that is actually the classroom number at Caltech that several of the uh, animators that were that work for Pixar uh, met each other. And so they've put that almost as like every room number or license plate that you see in Pixar films. But we see, you know, through that film, as as with most Pixar movies and, and Toy Story films specifically, that um, they kind of find a, an issue that they need to solve. Um, like we said, Andy kind of is the one that they want to get back to, or Woody at least in this film. And uh, Woody goes and realizes after he goes back to Bonnie's house that this isn't the place for him and he needs to go save his friends from the daycare. Um, and they get there and, and Trey, I mean, agree with me if you want to, you don't no no rush here, but I feel like when you're watching that and you see them separated, it's when you have the connections with these characters, it's something you're like, okay, they need to get back together. You're rooting for these 
these characters from from the beginning. Absolutely, the separation um, is is hard on the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, when Woody finally decides that he's going to go back to Andy rather than stay uh, with the rest of the group, it's hard um, because in all of the movies they have been together or worked to get back together. Right. And this is the first time they've actively split up and it was, you know, a decision that was made and it's just really hard to watch. And the entire time from that moment, all you want them to do is just get back together and right. just be the happy group Everyone that they were. Happy. We want yeah. Woody with Buzz. We right. want Jesse. You know, we just want that group. Mm-hmm. We want that dynamic. Right. And it, it definitely comes to a split at one point. And like point. you said, that plays into why this is one of the more sad Pixar films, sad Toy Story films. You know, definitely, like you said, I, I would agree, the the most dark setting uh, Toy Story film, I mean, you have, because the other ones, they go through the conflicts, but they go through them all together. And this, we kind of start to see people parting ways in, in ways that we hadn't seen before. If and, you want to talk about how this is dark, Buzz literally gets tortured at one point. Right. <laughs> I mean... Granted, it's a toy torturing a toy, so it's kind of cute. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, but he gets tortured. Let's not like forget that. He definitely does get tortured. But then it, that that's a whole fun dynamic too. Like they have all those characters who Kendall, Kendall, yeah, some octopus. Yep. Whoopi Goldberg was the octopus, though. Whoopi Goldberg was. She was. Yeah. Um. There's that whole group there. I mean interesting toys there i read they had 300 different toys that were all animated and added as individual characters into toy story 3 um one another fun random fact do you you remember when they first walk into the daycare and then the one jack-in-the-box comes out and is new toys the guy that voices that is actually the director of toy story 3 it's his uh one line in the movie way to get in there pal (laughs) taking away jobs from (laughs) <laughs> think of all the the unemployed voice actors could have had that one line like uh like like us yeah like us oh cool i'm never watching toy story 3 again yeah sure taking away my job i will never say that i'll probably watch I'll, it next week <laughs> but yeah no we we see to be on the topic of of how this is one of the most you know sad toy story films i think to go further it's for good reason um and and it draws you in even more to these characters because if you have a movie where it's in a franchise that the last one was made 11 years ago you have to have some kind of dramatic attachment to it that are really going to bring people back to these characters in a way that it wasn't like there was that long gap there um and i think that's what we see and and we go on another adventure with the the characters in the film there and then we see like we talked about out you know before we started recording this that that end scene when they when they go to the dump and the garbage dump and they're they're trying to get out and then they kind of come to that end of the line there where they they kind of all decide that this uh this, is the end. this might be the end here yeah that's an amazing scene like to have that in a kids movie nonetheless but like a kids movie where i mean these toys are pretty much immortal other than if they were destroyed or burnt yeah which this is this is the end for them they've all come to peace with yeah they all have the joining hands and and looking at each other and it's and i will say um i was 15 16 at the time uh when i was seeing this in theaters for the first time i cried very fragile uh male 
of that age trying mm-hmm. to be cool and tough. Yeah. And I straight up cried. Yeah, me too. No, I had no shame. I anybody well, that anybody now I that, don't now I don't now you care. don't. But anybody now that I, now I cry watching this is us. But well, hey, no, there's no fault in that. I I think there emotionally might be something wrong with you if you don't cry during this is us or a million little things if you haven't seen that. But uh, Toy Story three though, no, I think you've got that emotional connection with the characters. You've gone to this journey, and like I said. The way that this goes, you see Andy's going to college, and you kind of think from the beginning, all right, there's going to be some kind of thing at the end here where we have some kind of conclusion with these characters. And when you see that scene where they're holding hands and these toys that you grew up with are like, okay, this is the end. It's like, wh- what? I I had no optimism at that point. I, I genuinely thought that that's the end of the road. That would be the darkest end to it a would be that would, that's some george rr R. martin stuff right, right there <laughs> i wouldn't put that past him but right. I, I i there was no way out but you know i movies come in threes for the most part yeah i mean i could have seen it ending there yeah it I would mean, have been painful right and i would have never watched it again i would have been <laughs> real upset if that was the end of it yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, then they found a great way to get out of it. And in tying it again back to the first film in Pizza Planet, you've got the claw machine and the, you've got the three aliens, you know, come in and grab the claw and scoop them all out. And it's like, okay, yeah, just throw us through this roller coaster of emotions here. Um, we definitely were ready to, like, wrap it up and be totally mad at Pixar for ruining our childhood favorite characters. Oh, but, but they brought it back. But, but they, they definitely brought they it brought back. They brought it back, and now they're making a fourth one. They are, and I am extremely... Not for us, for the money. For the... <laughs> that's, that's what they say. you know. Make three for the for the crowd, four for the mortgage, I think. Or uh, like James Franco does, one for the audience, a million for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. James Franco. What a guy. But um, I think, though... Like I said, it kind of ties in there. We see in the film, they get saved. We're like, okay, we're finally going to get back to, to Andy here. And we do get there. And then there comes again, another conflict where we saw early in the film, Andy was planning on taking Woody to college and taking all the other toys and putting him in the attic. And we kind of see Woody has that confrontation of like, okay, I was ready earlier to part ways with these guys and go back and be with Andy, but now but they had another adventure. Yeah, they realized, realized that they are best as a whole, yeah, um, rather than the sum of the individual parts. All right, dude, where did that come from? I read, I read, a, I read a book at one point. <laughs> but no, I, and I like um, it goes in the end there. Like I said, um, we have another. Uh, kind of set up for them there where Andy um, goes and ends up taking the toys, the box of toys to Bonnie, who's the young girl who um, had taken Woody home previously and is the daughter of the owner of the daycare. And Andy shows up that honestly, for me, that's the most emotional part of the movie. Oh, I absolutely agree. Where he's one by one taking these toys out and then describing like his, and it's like, Oh man, like I just want to go get all my old, childhood toys now like well hey you know i did own a woody and a buzz dude i owned a woody buzz and a bullseye that were four and a half feet tall okay i didn't (laughs) ask you to one-up me (laughs) i 
I but I get see that's what I that's why this is my favorite movie. I mean, I had them when I was real young. I remember playing with Woody. Mm-hmm. I might actually still have that Woody someplace in my house. I hope you do. But I know he doesn't have his hat, and I know that that's if he's a real. If it's anything like Toy Story and he's alive, he's mad. The fact that he doesn't have his hat is driving him nuts. Nuts. He has That's not actually slept something in that years. happens in Toy Story three. Yeah, but I know that he. Yeah, he probably hasn't slept in a while. I also took out his voice box. Okay, see. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got a little <laughs> crazy there. And I sh- I shoved yes, some mechanical spider legs. <laughs> but Buzz was intact the whole time. Right. Uh, he might have gotten. Tied to a couple ceiling fans and some rope <laughs> and just flew around until the rope slid off and it, you know, broke a mirror or two. <laughs> but Buzz was fine. Buzz was fine. Right. Buzz had a shield over his head. He was they make him they make him indestructible at Star Command. And beyond. Right. But yeah, no, and, and we have that final scene there in the film and they we walk through one last time all those individual characters hearing specifically something about them that defines them and, and draws you in further and makes you reminisce about all the things you've been And that's where you think them. that it ends. I mean, yeah. it, it, that's where the movie ends. I assume that that's where the franchise ended. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were going to go for a four because they did such a beautiful job yeah. of wrapping it up, saying goodbye. They literally said goodbye to the characters, yeah. and you just assume that, hey, it's over. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to say no to a Toy Story 4. You you be- better believe I will be there opening I day. Have, I mean, we'll both, we'll be, both there. be there. I'll be dressed as Buzz. You'll be dressed as Woody. Um, I don't have a girlfriend. So. I do. I'll have my girlfriend maybe dress as... Slinky? Slinky, yeah. yeah. That's the obvious choice. Duh. Uh, but yeah, no, I, and I think... I would have been happy with because I, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they've actually released, I believe, three short films that yes, are Toy Story yes, related that yes. are supposed to be happen with Bonnie as their owner, which are all awesome. And I would be fine with that. You release one of those every couple of years or so. It's uh, Christmas one, yeah. Christmas, Halloween. But yeah, just give us yeah. And that's a what I've got though, and that's what I love about Toy Story three is even if they are adding a fourth film, it is a film that wraps up that franchise so wonderfully like i think that you know you're given that group of characters that appeal to all audiences all age groups all backgrounds and they bring you into their world in a way that keeps you wanting more but you get that kind of satisfaction at the end of toy story 3 and i think you know i've developed the connection with that film franchise that won't cease to exist and and i'll carry on you know to my own children someday uh and that's the reason i love film in general so much it's because the stories told on screen uh and the way they make you feel is just an incredible outlet of it's an art form. It's, and it's something timeless. That it is. Yeah. It I can watch change. Toy Story three at any time and it's going to be an incredible movie no matter what. And even though I know what's going to happen, I know every word to that movie. It's, it's something that I want to be a part of. And so that's why, you know, Toy Story three is my favorite film of all time. Um, I think it's for me, the height of, cinematic intrigue it's a, it's a movie that pulls you in and keeps you along for the ride there's, there's a little bit of everything just overall there's everything you yeah. have sadness there's adventure um you know timeless friendships yep. jokes a long jokes. list of other things there's in there things yeah. in this movie but there's a little bit of everything for everyone mm-hmm. speaking of everything for everyone you know that uh tim allen yeah does a little bit of voice acting in this movie. A, a small amount. Yeah, he's just a small yeah. role. Just, you know, second lead. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> doesn't understand that we have a little bit of a connection to Tim Allen. We do. We do. 
Uh, Tim Allen was actually in uh, 1978 arrested in the Kalamazoo airport for moving about a pound and a half of cocaine. So our connection is that we were also moving a pound of cocaine. <laughs> no. So stay tuned uh, next week as we review Blow. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, he actually, he's a Western grad. Um, we both graduated from Western. Yes. I actually had a framed picture of his mugshot i did too i actually <laughs> grew i grew a yeah. mustache for halloween last year and went as tim allen's mugshot it was close for it halloween was a good similarity yeah, I'm there i'm kind of worried at how close i looked to tim allen yeah but i look at him i mean he's he's, he's doing, doing it. all right he's doing it. he's pure michigan voice um Pure Michigan, pure cocaine, whatever, whatever that guy's into, he's doing it Stuff right. Stuff you get in Michigan's, pure yeah, right. <laughs> Seems close to the source, right? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as as we've said, but that's that's what I'm saying is everyone. I mean, you're getting a guy that moved cocaine, yeah, and he's the second lead in this film. Everybody's taking a part in this, yeah. you know. It's just a great film. Yeah, it's for everyone. By everyone. Right. Yeah. It's in Pixar is my favorite film production company. I, I'm a huge animated film guy and I just think like they they haven't made a bad movie. No. Everything they, they've got I some formula down. They are the only company that has gone to bat and batted a thousand. Yeah. When you have a company that's started by Steve Jobs, uh it's gonna be successful. I don't know if you've heard of Apple, but Yes, um we were actually in the same class, Griffin. Yeah. yeah. I think I copied off you on that exam. You might have. I'm kidding. No, we we are all 100% academic honesty here. Um, but yeah, no, that that was something that I like to. I'll always recommend Pixar movies to people. Absolutely. They've always got incredible stories, no matter what they're about. From Toy Story about toys coming to life to Coco, which one that I love about Dia de los Muertos or Ratatouille. Ratatouille, yeah. I mean, not even one that's. They're all these common. obscene storylines that you if someone just told you this you'd be like um okay a talking rat is gonna control a chef and he's gonna be yeah and then you watch the movie and it's like this is a perfect movie like this is incredible nothing wrong with it i'm an adult i can watch this yeah and i'm gonna recommend it to everybody that i just saw it and that i loved it but yeah no toy story 3 like i said my favorite movie of all time and episode three here we're gonna be talking about trey's favorite movie of all time miracle miracle so uh strap on i'm gonna be uh diving into that a a hockey player talking openly about a hockey movie oh get ready so we'll we'll have no wasted breath on that episode so definitely tune in and thank you for listening to episode two of film junkies with griff and trey